Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Earlier this month, the Catholic Church had in the readings at Mass one of my favorite stories from the Gospel of Luke. It's the biblical account of Mary and Martha hosting Jesus at the house. And I I don't know about you, but I sometimes think that Martha gets too much of a bad reputation, you know? There they are. They're they're hosting the Lord of the universe over for dinner. That's a lot of pressure. And what's Mary doing? She's just sitting with Jesus, I don't know, in the living room and listening to Jesus. And Martha's in the kitchen maybe getting everything all ready. She feels the pressure. Uh, and she's the one that gets the rebuke. She's the one that's told that, oh, no, Mary has chosen the better part. And many times in the Catholic tradition, uh, going way back to the early church, these two characters have been used to to exemplify the contemplative life and the active life. So Mary is a model of the contemplative life, that she's there and sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus attentively. But Martha's too busy and too active, and so she represents us lay people who are out there busy in in the secular world. Well, I think that there's something more going on there. There's there's certainly an element of contemplative and active life you could see there. But, you know, we lay people are also called to be like Mary. We're called to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to him. But we might not be able to do that all the time. (laughs) You know, Uh, we need it in our life. And it's an important part of growing in our interior life. But I've got a job. I've got to support a family. I'm going to be busy all day long. I can't just be sitting in the adoration chapel. So am I going to be rebuked for that? I went to work today. Oh, I was anxious about many things. I was sinning like Martha. Is that is that what Jesus is critiquing here? I want to take a closer look at what the real critique is about, what's really going on in this biblical story of Mary and Martha. Because whether you're a layperson and you, you have a full-time job and you're very busy at work, or you're maybe you're a layperson, you're a mom, you're at home with your kids, and your kids need you. That's a very active life. That That's more demanding than what I do in, all day long. You got children constantly needing you. Mom, mom, mom. You can't be sitting in the chapel all day long. You have to attend to your children. In our vocations as lay people, how do we live out? the spiritual life. There's lessons we can learn from both Martha and Mary. We need both. We're going to have to see the proper balance. We're going to take a closer look today at what Jesus was really going after with Martha. It wasn't her busyness in the kitchen. It was something deeper. And that's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and I want to welcome any new listeners checking out the show for the first time. Thanks so much for being with us. I want to give a special shout out to all the great Catholic young adults and young married couples that were there in New York City. We're in downtown Manhattan last week. My wife and I were there giving a talk on our new book on marriage, uh, The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. It was just a great joy meeting so many young people hoping to have a good marriage someday and hearing about the realities of married life and what we can do now to prepare for a future marriage. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the many couples at the Arlington, the Diocese of Arlington, Virginia, the couples retreat. Beth and I got to present on the book there as well. We did a whole day long retreat, time for prayer, time for fellowship together. Uh, Great seeing so many couples desiring to have a strong foundation for their married lives. Speaking of married lives, Beth and I just celebrated recently our 23rd anniversary. So 23 years, please pray for us, pray for our vocation. That's more important than any book I write or podcast I do uh, is my vocation. So I know we need prayers and it was just a joy uh, to be with Beth and for us to be able to go on these two trips recently uh, and celebrate our 23rd anniversary together in the process. Now, 
we live very busy lives. <laughs> We've got eight children. We're running our kids around to many activities. We both have work that we do in ministry, certainly me full-time, Beth a little bit on the side as well. So we live active lives. How do we find the balance? What can we learn from Martha and Mary? And and how do we find the right balance? What was Jesus really going after in the story? Let's Let's get the story in our heads. You may remember, you can read about this in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And I'll just jump into the middle of the story. It tells us that uh, the two sisters are hosting Jesus. And it says in verse 39 that Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Mary is in the position of a disciple. She's sitting at the feet of the rabbi and she's listening to Jesus. We talked about that last week. How do we hear the voice of God in our lives more? And you get the sense that's what Mary's striving to do. She's trying to be very attentive. She wants to hear the voice of Jesus in her life. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then Martha, it tells us in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. (laughs) Now, this is a great line, chapter 10 of Luke's gospel, verse 40. Uh, First of all, it it tells us that Martha is being critiqued not because she was serving. It's not, you know, she needed to cook the meal. She needed to serve. There's nothing wrong with living the active life. But the key word here is she was distracted. She was distracted from too much serving. What we're going to see here is Jesus wants us who are lay people out and active in the, in the world to still meet him in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our daily responsibilities, taking care of our children, changing diapers, feeding them, driving them to their school or their activities. That's, that's all a part of our responsibility. It's not a distraction from encountering Jesus. Jesus wants us to meet him in the midst of the busyness of raising children. It's hard. It's overwhelming. It stretches us. We're exhausted. And yet we're supposed to find Jesus in the midst of it. Martha was busy. She was busy serving, but, but she was distracted. Nothing wrong with the serving, but we don't want to be distracted. We want to, even in the office place, in the midst of our many projects, in the midst of our many responsibilities at work, at our parish, at home, are we distracted? That's when things get problematic. We're going to take a look at that here uh, a little more. But, but you see, you're going to see the problem here is, is when, when we're distracted in the midst of our day, we, we lose our interior peace. We can be very busy. And we need to fulfill our responsibilities. But when we're distracted, we're not as attentive to the movement of the Holy Spirit in my life, day to day, moment by moment. I'm not aware of God's presence. I'm just just so stretched, moving in so many different directions all the time. If I'm not able to maintain that interior peace, that recollection, then I'm going to be distracted. And and what happens is then I I get anxious and and I get frustrated. And that's what Martha does here in in chapter 10, verse 40. She's frustrated. She says, Lord, don't don't you know that, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work all by myself? Don't you care? So she's frustrated with Martha, but notice she's frustrated with Jesus. (laughs) Don't you care? And and that's what happens when, when we're stretched in life. And when we're not maintaining a proper interior balance, even amid our many busy tasks, our many responsibilities, what happens is we get frustrated with the people around us. How come you're not doing what you said you would do? How come you were late? How come you're not helping me? 
We get frustrated with the people in our life. We might be even a little frustrated with God. God, why, why do I have all this going on? I, I need help here. <laughs> and then what does Martha do next at the very end of chapter 10, verse 40? This is my favorite line here. She says to Jesus, tell her to help me. <laughs> in other words, Martha is not asking Jesus for help. He's giving, she's giving Jesus a command. You need to do this. This is how you need to solve the problem. And I think that's what happens when we get so stretched in life that we lose our interior life. We lose that quiet time in prayer. We, we start to cut back on our prayer time each day. And when we do that, we, what happens is we're going to be distracted. We're going to be frustrated with our spouse, frustrated with our kids, frustrated with our boss, frustrated with our colleague, frustrated with our pastor, frustrated with the DRE. We're going to be frustrated with the people around us because we're not putting Jesus first and sitting at his feet in prayer. We can't do that all day long, but are we making prayer an essential part of our daily life? Do we keep some type of interior peace? Are we aware of God's presence throughout the day? Even just to, to pause in the middle of our busyness for a moment and just talk to Jesus for a moment. When we're distracted, we get annoyed with our spouse, with our kids, with our colleagues. And then we start telling God what to do, <laughs> which is never a good idea. God, this is how you're going to solve my problem. You need to come, God, and this is my prayer. Fix my spouse. Fix my kid so my kid behaves better or, or fix this problem at work and fix this thing in my parish. We start telling God what to do. But when we have an interior life, we make daily prayer a priority. We're going to be less distracted, and we're still going to make our petitions. We're going to pray for our parish to be better and things in the office to go better and my project to succeed. And you know, we're going to pray for our kids. Of course, we're going to pray for those things, but we pray for them with a little, little more detachment. We pray for them with a little more interior peace. It's not as if we're anxiously telling God what to do. This is all you got to solve my problem. <laughs> no, no, we're saying, Lord, I pray that you, you, you solve this problem at work. This has been really hard for me. I pray that you, 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 you fix this relationship with my, my boss or whatever that is might be stressful. But at the same time, you're also probably going to be more likely to say, but Lord, but not my will, may your will be done. That even if this situation doesn't change right now, I trust that you can use it for good for me. That maybe you're teaching me to, to be more humble or to be more patient. And you're teaching me to trust you more, Lord. And I can't see where this is all going. You, know, you, you pray with a little more serenity. But when we're like Martha and we don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus, we don't take that time for prayer, we're going to be distracted. We'll be frustrated with others and we'll start bossing God around. <laughs> Look at Jesus's critique here. This is Jesus's critique of Martha in chapter 10, verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the better part. Now, I want to highlight just biblically, doing a little biblical exegesis here, biblical scholarship. It's interesting that it, Jesus says, you're anxious and troubled about many things. And then he comes back and says, but one thing is needful. One thing is necessary. So he's contrasting many things and one thing. And, and what Mar Mary is exemplifying is putting Jesus first. He's the one thing that is necessary. Do I really put Jesus first in my life? or? 
am I so scattered? I'm, I, I'm, I'm finding my identity, my fulfillment. I believe that, that I will be successful in life if I do these many things. I, I succeed at work and I succeed as a parent and I succeed in my ministry at the parish. And, I, and, and I, I'm anxious and troubled by all these many things, but I haven't put the one thing necessary at the very center, at the foundation. Yes, I believe in Jesus. I know Jesus is important. Yes, I say some prayers. But in the end, I'm just swayed by so many different things that are pulling at me. And I don't make Jesus the very center. There's a great book I've been reading recently. I encourage all of you to read it. It's by Cardinal Robert Sarah in Rome. He's an African cardinal. He serves in the Vatican. He has a wonderful book by Ignatius Press called The Power of Silence. And especially the first couple of chapters are, are really good. Uh, I'm going to share with you his reflection on Martha and Mary. He says that the, the story eloquently illustrates the priceless character of building in some silence in everyday life. He says this, quote, Jesus rebukes Martha, not for being busy in the kitchen. After all, she did have to prepare the meal. You know, I think that's a great point, that the critique isn't about Martha having to do some work. Martha needed to get some things done. That was her responsibility. She needed to serve and get things ready for Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus rebukes her for her inattentive interior attitude that she's lacking this interior attentiveness to God in the midst of her busyness. And she says this is betrayed by her annoyance with her sister because that's what happens when, when we don't have that interior disposition in the midst of our daily life. We don't make prayer a priority. We block off some time for prayer every day and we don't try to maintain some kind of awareness of God's presence throughout the day and we're just thrown into our many activities. What happens is, we're, we're, we're going to get distracted and we'll be annoyed with others. So Cardinal Sarah goes on to say, we should always make sure to be Mary before becoming Martha. I love that. Nothing wrong with being Martha. Remember, Martha's a saint. She's a canonized saint. We have a feast day to St. Martha. So she's not all bad. She, she had a little problem here, but she became a great saint. And, and so being Martha, being busy about many things isn't a problem in itself. But we have to make sure we become Mary first. In other words, we put prayer first in our lives. We take time every day for some daily prayer time. And we withdraw in the middle of our day a little bit if we can to just, just talk to God, even if it's just for 30 seconds uh, in between diaper changes, <laughs> in between meetings, in between appointments. We just talk to Jesus a little bit in the day. We have to be Mary before we become Martha. We have to focus on our interior life before we run after our many activities. And here's, this is what Cardinal Sarah says. If we don't do that, we quote, we run the risk of becoming literally bogged down in activism and agitation, the unpleasant consequences of which emerge in this gospel account. Panic, fear of working without help, an inattentive interior attitude, annoyance, the feeling that God is leaving us alone. I think that's what happens, right? When we're, we're too busy, we, can, we, we panic. When we're fo so focused on all of our work, we, we get annoyed with others. We get stressed out. We feel like we're just alone. And, and I think what this is all pointing to is the number one vice today. You know that some people have commented, the number one vice today is the vice of sloth. 
Now that might be surprising. You might say, oh no, I thought we have a frantic pace of life in the modern world. Everyone's really busy, but that's not what sloth isn't like not being busy. That's not what sloth is. The, the vice of sloth in the Catholic tradition, the Greek word achadia, describes a spiritual sluggishness. So it's not just like I, I didn't get my chore done. It's a spiritual laziness that's at the heart of achadia, the heart of sloth. In other words, God made the soul for him. The God, God made us to rest in him. That's, that's the whole point of the biblical account of creation. He creates man and woman on the sixth day. And then right after that, he creates the Sabbath day so that man and woman could enter into his rest. And so we're made to rest in God. We're made to rest in him in prayer. We're made to worship him, to love him, to serve him. And the fury of activity that we have in the busyness of our lives could be just covering up a lazy soul because I don't want to spend that time with God. I think about all the pressures today where so many people throw themselves into work and their career. You have the pressure to perform. I got to get ahead. And with our phones, we're never, we're never detached from work. There's no off hours. We're constantly looking at email. We're constantly responding to text messages. There's so much pressure in the workplace today. And then you add on what happens at home. It used to be, oh, okay, I got all this pressure at work. At least I can come home and have family life today. Well, we don't have family life today because most parents are all just so busy trying to make sure they give their kids every opportunity. I've got to give them all these opportunities in sports and I got to give them opportunities for music and I got to give them tutors and they got to do their homework and these other activities. And and kids today are are so overscheduled. They have no downtime and parents are running them everywhere. If a parent today wants to give the kids what the world says is the best life, well, then that means the parents have to be the best driver. (laughs) They're just driving around everywhere. Uh, Is that really the best life, though? No, no, no. I think we're living a slothful life in this modern world. We're running around after so many things, but we're not giving ourselves and our children the best, the better part, which is Jesus. You know, this constant activity where we have to schedule the whole day, the whole day is scheduled. It really is a distraction from what we're really made for. We're made for God. We're not comfortable being with ourselves. We're not comfortable being alone with our own thoughts. We're not comfortable just resting together in conversation together, listening to each other, listening to God. All of this reminds me of something, and I'm going to close with this quote from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Listen to what this great medieval saint, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, once said. He was giving spiritual advice to the Pope at the time. And now you can imagine being Pope of the Catholic Church. uh, That's a big responsibility, a lot of busyness, a lot of weight on your shoulders. And Bernard of Clairvaux was concerned that the Pope in his time had, had focused too much on activity and not as much on his interior life. He said, I fear lest in the midst of our occupations without number, You may lose hope of ever getting through with them and allow your heart to harden. It would be very prudent of you to withdraw from such occupations, even if it be only for a little while, rather than let them get the better of you and little by little lead you to where you do not want to go. Now, I I love this line. I'm going to keep reading from him in a moment, but let me just unpack this first point here that Bernard is saying when we give our heart too much to our activities, all of the tasks and all the responsibilities, all of our to-do lists, what happens is our heart begins to harden after a while. 
and, and we're not able to hear the voice of God in our lives as easily. And so he says we should withdraw from these occupations, even if it be only for a little while. That's what I was getting at earlier. In the midst of, you can be really busy. You can be in a meeting, for example, and just for just 10 seconds, just pause and just say, Jesus, I know you're here with me in the midst of this busyness. I love you. In the midst of cooking dinner, you could be running around. I got to get all this stuff done and just like pause and just say a Hail Mary in your head. Just something in the midst of your busyness, you pull back from the busyness just for a little bit to recall the holy presence of God. And then he goes on to say, this is what happens when we don't do that. We fill up our days with accursed tasks, accursed tasks, he says. That's what it's going to lead you to this indifference and to this, this hardening of your heart. If you keep on as you have begun, giving yourself entirely to them and keeping nothing for yourself. So we have to be careful, even in the midst of a lot of responsibility, it's, there's nothing wrong having a lot of responsibility. That wasn't Martha's problem. The problem is that she gave herself too much to them and she wasn't attentive to God in her life in the midst of the busyness. So I want to close here with just a couple practical points, three practical things for you to consider. First of all, do an examination of conscience and ask yourself, what's really behind your drive to be so busy? Why is it that you are filling up your calendar nonstop all day long? Why is it that you feel all this pressure? What is really behind that? Is, is, is there something about like you find your identity in success, in performance, in production, how you perform? And so you feel you got to put all this time and energy because you're finding, trying to find your identity in getting you know, a straight A in everything you do in life. <laughs> Uh, whether it's at home, in your parenting, in your marriage, at the parish, and what you volunteer in, and in the workplace, in your career. Is that where your identity is found? Is that what's driving you? Because you're made for more than just work and activity. You're made to rest in God. Is it fear of missing out? FOMO. You're just, I, I, I got to keep up with everybody else and do what everyone else is doing, and I don't want to miss out on all these things happening. And, you know, is that, is that what's driving this? Is it in your parenting? Do you think that to be a good parent, you have to give your children every opportunity, every tutor, every sporting event and practice and fitness. And do you really think that that's where your children are called to go by God? Are you really giving them the best life or are you giving them what the world is trying to tell you is important? Because the best life is so much more than them becoming the best basketball or soccer player they can be, or the best piano or violinist they can be. There's so much more to life than these things. And, and nothing wrong. Our kids, uh, you know, my kids do music. My kids do, uh, do, do sports. We do soccer a lot, right? But, but we, we have a great coach and, and he's been wonderful in helping our kids do really well. And they've succeeded and they've won state tournaments and all. And he won coach of the year this year. And I congratulated him. And he said to me, he said to me, it was really wonderful. He said this, he goes, you know, I've always believed all these years that the, to be the best soccer coach, you can train them to be really competitive and be the best they can be in the field. As long as you remember that there's more to life than soccer and that they'll be the best soccer players they can be if they do well in school and family life and many other things. And that's the right balance. So Realize you, you might not give your kid every opportunity, but if you give them dinner at the table as a family every night, you give them leisurely conversation when they're teenagers, you stay up with them late at night and you're just talking. And it's not the pressure that they're, you're putting so much pressure on them to do so many things. You're actually giving them the better part. 
so examine your conscience. What's really driving you to be so busy in your life or for your family life? And then secondly, ask, what, what can you cut back? Is there something that you can stare at and go, do I really need that? Do I need it as often? Can I, can I build in some quiet time, build in some leisure? Can I build in some more prayer in my life? Uh, so what are the things I can do to cut back a little bit? And then thirdly is how can you withdraw even in the midst of the busyness? As St. Bernard of Clairvaux said, just withdraw a little bit from all the pressure and the activity in the midst of a meeting, in the midst of a project, in between appointments, you can just pause for a moment and recall the presence of God. One thing I just love to do is just just in the middle of something really big, just to, to stop for a moment. And other people may not notice, like I'm, I'm, I'll be in a big meeting and just for like 10 seconds, I just withdraw from the meeting in my head and I just tell the Lord, I love him. And I, 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 Lord, I, I believe you're here with me. Bless our meeting, you know? Uh, so I'm praying for the meeting. I actually think that does more good. If I just withdraw for 10 seconds to go and be in touch with what matters the most, and that's Jesus in my heart, <laughs> that that actually helps me to give myself to the meeting more than just like running from one thing to the next. And, and, and I got to write down my to-do list. And what's the action item from this meeting? What's the next you know, thing I need to say to really be attentive to God's presence? We can do that in the midst of our busy lives. So I hope you enjoyed this. Hope this is helpful that you can find that balance between Martha and Mary. If you want to reach out to me on my website, that's at edwards3.com or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.